So thank you for being here. Thank you for spending the time. I know it's late. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it fun. I'm going to try to keep it exciting. For all of you who are like, Ugh, should I stay to the end? My favorite, most favorite policy that I've been wanting to share with customers for a really long time is at the end. And it's really cool. <laughs> so um, you can also watch on YouTube later. But um, let's try to get to the end. My name is Bridget Johnson. I'm a senior manager of product management uh, in AWS Identity. I mainly work on IAM, Identity and Access Management, and Secrets Manager. And today we're going to talk about policies and permissions. This is what today looks like. I'm actually going to go really fast through the policy language. Um, this is a, a little bit higher level course, so I'm just going to cover some basics that I'm going to use. Why? Because I've already given a lot of details in previous talks, documentation, blog posts, etc., and I want to get to those use cases, because those use cases are probably where you need the most help. So I'm going to recap the policy language really quickly. Then, as AWS has grown, we have offered more policy types, and I want to talk about what those do, what are the use cases, and how they all work together. There will be some quiz answer, question answers that I want you to be prepared for. And then at the end, we're going to go through a deep dive on specific use cases. So how many of you manage more than one AWS account? Yes. <laughs> Good on you. Um, and it's hard, right? And so we want to be able to show you how to create guardrails in your account, so we'll do that. Then we're going to talk about controlling access to specific regions. That was a big one this year for a lot of our customers. And then we're going to talk about two new features. First, permission boundaries. That's how to enable uh, developers to create roles safely. And then we'll go into tag-based permissions. And then I'll show you my favorite policy. Uh, let's get started. Oh, one more call out. Um, I know this already happened at the top, but I wanted to call out the session. Um, we work a lot with Automated Reasoning Group at Amazon and AWS, and they do a lot of fantastic things with policy analysis, so I definitely check that out on YouTube later. And then tomorrow, Vanguard is a customer that has been using permission boundaries in production at scale um, for their developers, and I really, I, they have a great use case and something very applicable to what we hear from a lot of customers. So take a look at their talk. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting. Recap of IAM policy language. Who here has never seen a policy in AWS? Phew, got the right audience. <laughs> um, so what are IAM policies? What's the structure? And what's the evaluation rule? And then I'm going to try something new on you. Um, this is a way that we talk about permission and policy internally. And this is the first time I'm going to share with you a little bit externally. And I want to see if it sticks, because it usually does when we talk about um, policy evaluation inside AWS. So this is pretty simple. What are policies? The first part is your job, right? You do the defining. You get to say who should have access to what. And you do that by writing policy. The second part is my job. Not really my job personally, but AWS's job. right? And we do the evaluation. For every AWS request that comes in, we evaluate, can this person call this action on this resource, on this time of day, from this source IP, et cetera. And that's our job. Okay. So you combine those two together, and you have access control in AWS. And that's what we're all about here today. 
So what does a policy look like? We talk about the PARC model. And so we have principal, action, resource, and condition. And this obviously comes after an effect, which is gonna be allow or deny. The principle you may not see very often. Why may you not see it very often? Mainly because you're attaching policies to principles, an I am user or an I am role, which means that we know the principle and you don't have to, spec have to specify it. Now, when you're using like a bucket policy, which you attach to a resource, then you actually are gonna wanna specify the principle, which is the who. So principle is the entity that is allowed access. Action is the type of access that is allowed or denied. Turns out there's over 4,000 actions in AWS. I counted, one by one, <laughs> just kidding. Um, resource is the Amazon resource name. We use ARNs, you've probably all seen an ARN before um, to specify which action can act on which resource. And then finally, condition. Under what conditions is this true? I was looking around at our um, conditions out there. There are some very powerful conditions. You can talk about tags. Is MFA enabled? What subnet are you trying to launch this instance in, et cetera? Um, so take a look. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do here. All right, policy enforcement. So this is how we think about it. First and foremost, we start at deny. I need you all to remember this, because when you're trying to debug permissions, if there is not an allow that matches, it will be denied. We do this to be secure by default. So if you don't have an allow, you start a deny. Then we evaluate all applicable policies. This includes policies at the organization, policies on the IAM user and role, policies on the resource, and even policies in the session itself. And we say, is there an explicit deny. What happens if there's an explicit deny? Meaning you, as the person who's the admin, said, I do not want to allow anybody this access. Denied, thank you. I heard in the back who's loud, awesome. All right, then we say, is there an allow? And if there is, what happens? We get an allow, that's exactly right. You all are kind of awake, it's good. What happens if there's not an allow? Yes, that's it. We go back to our original decision, right? Um, so this is really important because the allow must match. All right, so this is a different way of thinking about it and might help you understand policy evaluation just a little bit more. So at the end of the day, when there's an allowed or denied decision, that's at the bottom middle, you have a request. And you make a request to AWS. And that request says, I'm trying to perform this action on this resource at this time of day from this source IP. I've authenticated with MFA, and I'm passing in a few parameters. Those are things that you pass in into uh, your request. And then there are some other things that AWS might populate as well. It might populate the tags on the resources or anything like that, right? So that's their context. Okay, that's part one. The other part is your job that we talked about earlier. You define the policies. All right, so you might be asking, what the heck is in the middle? Some people think it's crazy foo. They call me up, Bridget, what is going on? I don't understand this. Some people think it's an alien. I've definitely had things like this. Now, keep in mind, I was limited to the images that they let me put on PowerPoint, so that's where we're at. Some people think it's me, that I was cloned, and I actually allow or deny every little action Turns out there's a lot of actions in AWS per second. 
but really it's just matching, okay? And so instead of, when you run into the problem of, ugh, I don't know why it's denied, I don't know why I don't have access, ask yourself the question, what's not matching, okay? So is it the action that's not matching? Is it the resource that's not matching? Do I have some condition that for some reason I didn't pass in the right parameter and that condition is being checked and it's not matching? So at the end of the day, that's all we're doing, is we're saying does the context that's coming in match an allow statement that has been defined in a policy? All right. There are multiple types of policies in AWS, but they all use the same policy language. So first and foremost, we have AWS organizations. That allows you to group your accounts, and then uh, there's a lot of integrations that are happening and more on the way, so CloudTrail, et cetera. But the cool one is service control policies. And I just talked to an instructor who's back there, and he teaches service control policies, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and you want to use service control policies to put guardrails on your account. So you might disable a service or a specific action here. I want to call out that service control policies do not grant access. You may or may not know this, but by default, every organization starts with an allow star.star policy. That does not mean that all entities in your organization have full access to everything. It simply means there are no guardrails and only rely on the IAM permissions within the account to control access. So the IAM permissions. You have two parts. You have permission policies. The permission policies are what you know today. Inline policies, managed policies, these actually give the access. It's like, go allow, go launch instances, go create buckets, go add objects, all that sort of stuff. Then recently, this year, we have permission boundaries. Permission boundaries say, hey, for a given principle, we have a maximum permission set. So this is going to allow developers to create roles with only a certain maximum permission, which means they can't escalate their privileges. Next, you actually have uh, STS. That's when you call assume role. You get a session. You can actually pass in a scope down policy for sessions. So where do we see customers using this? We see it using it um, when they're making an on-the-fly decision per session. So I've seen, uh, we have customers who manage a bunch of other accounts for everyone else, and they may have a support team, and they'll have a federation broker right before they get into AWS that says, oh, this is an S3 support case. Okay, we'll scope the policy down from this general role to actually just S3. Then you also have AWS services have policy. Who's ever edited a bucket policy? Yes, that is a resource-based policy. And that allows direct cross-account access, and you see that a lot. And then also VPC endpoint policies, that you can control who gets in, who uses the endpoint, and what they can do through it. All right, so this is, I want to talk about permission boundaries just because it's new this year. Um, I'm going to cover it a couple times because I really want it to sink in. It's a very powerful tool in IAM. So it allows you to scale and delegate your permission management to developers safely. It controls the maximum permissions that an employee can grant. So I'm going to talk about a developer. His name's Casey. He's my brother. I like to say he's a little unruly and tries to break the rules and do some crazy things so we can control his access. Turns out he's pretty smart and has several security clearances, so he's actually not that unruly, but uh, we'll use him today. So you can imagine, say, hey, Casey, you can create roles, but you can only create 
roles with this maximum permission set. So even if Casey were to star an admin policy to that role that he creates, it will not work as admin. It'll only get the effective permissions, which is in the middle of the permission boundary and the IAM policy. And we're going to do demos of this. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. All right. So this is fun. How do all of these policies work together? So here's the logic. First, you need the service control policy to be allowed. And if you are within an account, you need either IAM to say yes or resource-based policies to say yes. There's different behavior within an account and across account. And really what this comes down to is trust. Uh, at the end of the day, you trust your own account and you don't trust other accounts by default. And so if you're trying to access a different account, you need both sides. You need account A to say, hey, I trust you, account B. And you need account B to say, hey, I, I trust you, account A. I like to call it the trust hug, right? You got to get both sides um, around. OK, so this is how it operates within an account. So you need IAM policies. If you're using permission boundary, the permission must be allowed in the boundary, and it must be allowed in the permission policy. And if you pass down a scope down policy, it must also be allowed in there. If you're not using permission boundary, you can just do it on the permission policy. And same thing with the scope down. If you're not using it, it doesn't matter. So we're going to test your knowledge of this. I took away the logic. So let's imagine I have a service control policy with allow S3 put object and just an IAM policy with just allow S3 put object. What is my answer, allowed or denied? Allowed. Awesome. All right, we'll change it up a little bit. So I'm going to put a permission boundary on. And I'm going to say only allow EC2 read. What's my answer? Denied. Oh, this room got smart. All right, next one. I only have allow S3 put object on the resource policy, like on a bucket policy. What's the answer? Ooh, this one's good. All right. Crazy Casey dropped the SCP, got access to the master account, deleted it by accident. What's our answer? Deny. Good job. All right, now we're across accounts. So we have account A and account B. Pretty simple. The only thing that happens here is let's imagine the principles are in account A and the resources in account B. Both sides now have to say yes and allow. Okay. So what's our answer here? We have SCP that says allow and only an IAM policy. Deny, right. Why? Because the resource-based policy doesn't have it across accounts. We add it here, what happens? Awesome, yes. Don't you love my animations? I spent like a whole plane ride to London doing those. All right, so thank you all for participating. That was, I got all the right answers from the audience. I love that. Now we're going to go into spe specific use cases. Well, because you showed up today, tonight at 7 p.m., instead of going to the pub crawl, you all just got a new job. Congratulations. <laughs> I realize that this might be a promotion for some of you, and it might be a demotion for others. But you are now the lead of a central security team at any company of your choosing. How about that? And your first mission, your first day on the job, which is going to be the next 43 minutes of this talk, 
is to prevent developers from reverting settings in your AWS accounts and onboard two new teams. So the rest of the talk is going to work like this. I'm going to present you four challenges. We have a fifth one at the end, but I'm going to present you four challenges. And as I go through the four challenges, I want you to either write down or mentally think about what tool are you going to use to complete that challenge. And then we're actually going to go through it, and we're going to see policy, and you're going to see some really nerdy policies. All right. To give you a little background, this is your organization. You have a master account. You have two OUs, unicorns and zombies. How did I come up with that name? I messaged some coworkers, and that's what we came up with. I guess that's what we talk a lot about. You have a production account and a development account in each. For today's example, I'm actually mainly going to use the development count for unicorns. Um, I realize a lot of you are managing organizations uh, that are a lot larger than this. Well, I can only make you a policy master in 42 minutes, so we're going to keep it small for right now. These are the services you're using. You have Amazon EC2 to run workloads, Lambda for serverless applications, Secrets Manager to store and rotate your secrets, and S3 for content objects. I realize most of you are going to be using more than these throughout your AWS environments, but we'll stick with four for now. Situation number one. Your team has gone through and set up CloudTrail for all your accounts, and your company also requires your users to authenticate with existing identity providers. You don't run Windows, so you don't need directory services. You don't want to create any other IAM users. That's your challenge number one. So you need to ensure that developers can't turn off CloudTrail, create users, or use directory services. All right, that's your first challenge. Take a mental note of what you would use. Number two, you've learned that you can trust your development team to create resources. So Casey's allowed to launch some instances, create some secrets, maybe add some objects to S3. But you are terrified of creating resources in unapproved regions. This was a big one this year, right? And so your challenge is to ensure that developers can only create resources in approved regions. And by the way, if you can choose, or no, if you can determine or predict what I am going to say is the approved region in this example, then brownie points to you, put it on Twitter or something like that, um, and tell me afterwards. We'll see if you can predict. Okay, number three. This is new this year. You, your developers know their stuff. They can create roles. You don't have to be the bottleneck anymore creating every single role for every single Lambda function, for every single EC2 instance out there. So you want to allow them to do that. But you want to make sure that they don't create a bunch of admin roles and just go all crazy in your environment. All right, so write down what tool you're going to use for that. I've talked about all these tools, by the way previously. And then finally, you have the unicorn team, and it got split into two projects, the dorky unicorns and the sneaky unicorns. How did I come up with dorky and sneaky? Turns out I read Reddit, and we launched I am tags, and I'm reading, as, as we launched, I'm reading the Reddit thread, and somebody goes, great, now I can tag my coworkers dorky, and I just thought it was hilarious. So that's how we got the name. Um, so your challenge is to update your permissions within an account to make sure they don't step on each other's toes. So you want unicorns to only be able to create and manage their own uh, 
resources with their projects. All right, now I'm gonna quiz you. So to set guardrails across account, what tool are you gonna use? Did somebody say SCP? Because that's the right answer. You were not loud enough. Control creation of resources to specific regions. What are you going to use? Not boundaries. It's just going to be a simple permission policy. Enable developers to create roles safely. Boundaries. Yes, that was louder. Awesome. And then finally, use tags to scale permission management. That's also just going to be a permission policy. All right. Here we go. So this is where I'm going to start demoing stuff. I'm going to be flopping back and forth between the I'm console, command line, you name it. First, ensure developers cannot turn off CloudTrail, create IAM users, or directory service. I'm going to use a service control policy. The pro, pro tip here is rely on deny statements when restricting access. By default, there's an allow star.star for all SCPs. It's a lot easier to uh, basically say, hey, deny these actions, then it is allow a bunch of stuff and whitelist. One, AWS is constantly <laughs> launching new services, um, and so you want to be able to, to move quickly and just put deny on what you don't want. And also, it's a lot easier to understand, and so it reduces some blast radius in case you get it wrong. Hopefully, you won't. So this is what the SCP looks like. I'm going to say deny directory service, I am create user, and stop logging. CloudTrail, stop logging. I'm going to demo. So first, I'm going to show you the SCP. And then I'm going to try to create an IAM user. I'm going to try to stop CloudTrail. And I'm going to try to list roles. And we'll see, hopefully, my guardrail. Is anybody from Montana in here? No? OK, Montana's a great state. This is uh, going to the Sun Road, and I was really happy for guardrails when I was driving on that road. I don't know if anybody's driven it, but <laughs> I was like, whew, thank you. Um, so let's get started. All right, I'll try to not. I'm going to give you some context of my demoing. Whiteskin is my master account in Chrome, um, and I'm going to just pop around organizations console for you. Darkskin on uh, where are we? On Chrome is going to be an admin in my Unicorns Dev account. This is where I'm just going to show you a bunch of stuff. And then Firefox will actually be the developer. And I assume different roles for each challenge. So let's go back. I am in my master account. You can see all of my um, all of my accounts here. And I can do it in the tree view. I have my two OUs. I have attached the deny unapproved action policy to the root of my account. And if you go into this, it's the exact same policy that I showed you on the screen, but I will prove it to you. There we go. OK, so now I am going to work on the command line. Hopefully, you can all see it. I think that's big enough. And I'm going to work as a admin user. So I have star.star .star on me in the dev account. And you know what? I'm just going to show that to you because I want to. So this is the role that I'm going to use for the next few commands. So you can see here, ooh, that's my setup. I'm going to try to create a user, and I'm using challenge number one admin. I've set up all my roles here. 
so you can just know that I'm trying to be an admin. So what's going to happen when I run this command? I'm going to try. I'm an admin user. I have create. I'm going to try to create a user. What's going to happen? Deny. Why? My SCP. Okay, that didn't work. That's good, right? I don't want people creating users. All right, I'm going to try to turn off this uh, trail, reinvent challenge number one trail. What's going to happen? Right, because my SCP. Okay, now I'm just going to try to list roles. I want to see the roles in my account. What will happen? Louder. Allow. Why? Because it wasn't in my SCP, which is good. I want people to be able to list roles, and there's all my roles in my account. Pretty cool, huh? So be thinking about what you want to put up there. These are things you never want people to try or to do in your environment. Next challenge, ensure your developers can create resources, but only in approved regions. Pro tip here, use the requested region AWS condition. We'll go through the policy, but I want to call out one thing here is for this condition key, it works for all services that are in a region, and that's most of our services. There are some services that have global elements to them. For example, IAM is global. S3 list all my buckets. That action is going to be a global action. So you have to account for those, but it's very few and far between. So this is what the policy looks like. I say, all right, you can use Secrets Manager, Lambda. I called out a couple S3 actions just to keep the policy short. And what region did I pick? West Coast, Best Coast. Come on, team. You just need some beers or something. <laughs> um, so that if anybody predicted that, go for good job for you. But um, that's what it looks like. And then you're probably wondering about EC2. I call it EC2 separately just because I want to talk to the fact that EC2 run instances, which is your create, allows you to authorize against a ton of different resources and parameters. Um, and so these are all the ones that they actually do. Um, and so you can specify which subnet, which instance, all that sort of stuff. But today I just threw on a condition, hey, if you're going to launch an instance, you have to do it in the West Coast. West Coast, best coast. Well, at least two regions in the West Coast. All right, let's, oh, and then I allowed um, all the reads and list as star. I don't care if you can list objects in other accounts or in other regions, no big deal. Okay, so this is what we're going to do as the demo. I'm going to try to create a secret using Secrets Manager in the West region, um, beautiful Mount Rainier there. And then I'm going to try to create one in London. Love London, was there a few weeks ago. Great city, had some amazing cocktails, so nothing bad on London. Just for an example, we're going to not create secrets there. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm Casey. I am going to assume role into this other role, um, the challenge two. And the challenge two role simply has what I showed you on the slides but I will prove it to you, just so you don't think I'm working any policy voodoo. So I have the region restriction here. Um, it's the same policy. I don't know if you can see that, it's pretty light. Same thing here, all the run instances stuff. 
Um, and then the only other thing I added was pass role, and this was so I could actually test launching um, EC2 instances or some Lambda functions. All right, so I'm gonna go to Secrets Manager. You notice that I was in Oregon, which is a West Coast. I'm gonna try to store a new secret. I'm gonna pick an arbitrary secret here, and then I'm gonna say reInvent is awesome. I think I have to actually say day two because I have a secret already named that. And I'll click next, and then I'll say my test secret, whoop, Tuesday. Storing my secret. And I'll just click next. I'm not gonna enable rotation just because it's arbitrary. Here's the code I can use if I wanted to retrieve that secret over and over again. And I'm allowed to. Pretty cool, right? What's gonna happen when I try to do the same thing in London? Correct. So I will show you this. It's kind of interesting because you go to London and like I can't even list the secrets, so I kind of know that I'm not gonna be able to store it, but I'll show you anyway. All right, we'll do pub crawl, missing. <laughs> hey, y'all could, no, <laughs> missing beer, all right. And I don't have permission to even enable rotation. I'm gonna try to go through, I'll try to store it, and what's gonna happen? Fail. I had Secrets Manager star with just that one condition and I cannot create a secret in another region. Worked. Y'all can see my notes. There we go. All right, so those two were pretty good. They're pretty, you probably all could have done that without my help. Next one, this is my favorite. All right, so you trust Casey. You think he can create his own permissions, his own roles to pass into Lambda, and now you wanna just make sure that he doesn't escalate his own privileges. He could get lazy, or maybe he went on the pub crawl and just didn't know what he was doing after he got home. But anyway, so the pro tip here is you wanna constrain Casey using permission boundaries, but you also wanna constrain Casey to his own little world. And the way to do that is by using um, either paths and roles or just a naming prefix. So today I'm gonna do the naming prefix. So here are the four parts you need to think about when using permission boundaries. First is you need to allow create managed policies. This is not a dangerous action. You can allow Casey to create all the managed policies he wants, no big deal. Next is you wanna allow create role but only with a specific permission boundary. You can think of a permission boundary as a, uh, as a setting on a role or an attribute on a role. And so Casey, you can create roles with this naming prefix, but hey, only with this boundary. So that means Casey creates a role with a boundary, and then you say, oh, by the way, you can attach manage policies, the ones you created at the top there, but you can only attach policies to a role with that boundary meaning he can't just go attach policies to any role in the account. And then finally, you wanna say, okay, now that you've created your role, that role has the permissions that you want it to, you can pass roles into Lambda or EC2. So this is how the policy looks. So first I'm gonna say, okay, you can create policy and policy versions, but only if it starts with unicorns. This is me constraining Casey to his little world of unicorns. <laughs> that sounds kind of funny, actually. 
Next, you want to say, all right, allow, create role, but only with a boundary. But oh, hey, also allow, attach, and detach, manage policies, but also with that boundary. So whenever I say, but only, that usually screams condition. And anytime you're saying, oh, I want to do this, but only, screams condition. So do condition. So you see here, I say create role, and then I have a condition, string equals, and I have a pointer to a managed policy. That managed policy is the same managed policy I used in challenge two that provides the region restriction. So even if I attach star.star .star to this new role I'm creating, it will, be, it will not be allowed to go create a secret in the London region. Why? Because the permission boundary just doesn't allow it. And then the resource, you just constrain based on the naming convention. Hey, you have to operate in your unicorn's world. This is how the flow works, because there's this little dance between admin and developer that needs to happen to get this up and running. So here's what the dance looks like. Admin, that's me, creates a maximum permission. In my case, this is the region restriction that we just went through. So pink policy matters. Number two, developer, I'm going to call on somebody, maybe. One of you who is a developer, you get to go create a role, but only with the maximum permission. So I'm going to allow that. That's me again. I'm going to say, hey, you in the audience, you can go create roles with only this maximum permission. Then the developer, that's you, creates the role, passes in the pink policy, and then whatever green policy you want. And this could be a, a scoped down version of what's in the pink policy. And then finally, you as the developer pass it to Lambda. So what I'm going to do for this demo is I'm going to show you what it's like for the developer to create a role with a boundary. And then I'm going to do that thing that they do on cooking shows where they like have it all set up already so that I can just slide it in. We're not going to do Lambda. I'm actually going to do some S3 work from the command line. But that role will have a permission boundary. And you'll see what it's like. Here we go. Do you all want to see the policy? Do you want me to prove to you the policies? Someone said, sure. OK, that made me really excited. Thank you for, for wanting to see my policies. So what I did for challenge number three is the same exact thing. I have the region restriction, so I can't go create resources anywhere else. And then I just added what I just showed you. So this is the allow, create role with the naming and the permission boundary, and then the naming convention for create policy. Um, I also put some IM like get role conditions in there just so they can navigate the console. And then I added the pass role permissions as well here. All right, so I'm going to be Casey. I'm going to switch into challenge number three here. I'm going to go to IM. Why? Because I'm going to try to create a role. OK, so I'm going to roles. I'm going to create a role. And I want it to be for Lambda, based on our permission. Next, I'm going to click a permission. And oh, I just needed to read and write some objects to S3. I want to show you this policy. This is a very general S3 policy. It has no region restriction on it whatsoever. Just says put get object from anywhere. OK, so I'm going to create, trying to create this role. I want to have some read and write. OK, go next. Don't need to tag it. I'm going to name it and try to make this fast. Um, this unicorns project, because Bridget told me I had to name it with unicorns, so I'm going to do that. 
here we go. And then I'm trying to create this for my lambda functions. What's going to happen when I press this button? I heard it. I just need it louder. Denied. All right, let's show. Does not work. I don't have access. Why don't I have access? Oh, Bridget told me something about that, that permission boundary thing. Okay, so I go back. Ah, permission boundaries. Hmm, which one? Okay, I'm going to use a permission boundary. That seems like a good idea. And oh, regions, that's a big thing this year. So I'll type regions. Ah, there it is. What's my answer? Allow. And there's my role. Um, if, if Casey had tried to pass in a different uh, permission boundary, it wouldn't have worked either. I could have tested that as well. All right, so this is when I'm actually going to show you a role that I already have set up, just because I wanted to have everything on the command line ready for you all so you don't have to watch me do some configuration. Um, this is unicorns with boundary. So you can see here, that's what I created. This is the same thing. I have the region restrictions and this general S3 read write. So what I'm gonna try to do is I'm gonna use the command line and I am going to try to, oh, I wanted to show you one more thing. I have two buckets. Uh, let's go here. In the account. One is gonna be in the West Coast and one will be in London. So I have the fail and I have the success. And so I'm gonna use the command line and if you can see it, I'm gonna to try to put object in the success bucket which is in the West, in the, uh, the West Coast in Oregon. And I'm gonna to try to upload a picture of my horse. What will happen? It's named success, so you all better get this one right. <laughs> okay. It works. But remember, I gave that role just general S3 access. I should be able to put this object. But what's preventing it is the permission boundary, or not preventing it, this, what's allowing it is also the permission boundary. And then here, we'll go into fail. I'll try to get to my London bucket. And what will happen? We'll get denied access. And why? Because that permission boundary is preventing me from making any call outside of the US West regions. All right, and then we can just show you Pickles because he's cute. Pretty cool, right? So that means you can allow, this is an extremely popular um, feature because that means you can allow your developers to move quickly. You can allow them to create roles for all of their applications and you don't have to watch over them. You don't have to approve them each time. You can just set a boundary and let them go free. All right. We're getting close. Challenge number four. So you're still in the same account, but the unicorns broke into two different teams, dorky and sneaky, and they need to manage their own resources. And how many people has heard, oh, I just don't want them stepping on each other's toes? I hear this a lot. I hate feet, and I always hear people talk about toes. No? Nobody said I don't want the team stepping on each other's toes? OK, maybe a little bit. All right, well, I hear it all the time as the product manager for I am. So we're gonna use tags for this use case. And one thing I want you to consider, there's a lot more tag-based access control happening in AWS. And it's extremely powerful. It helps you scale your permission management. But you need to be careful about what tags you use for authorization. 
Why? Because if you don't control those tags and if people can tag with them or not, then somebody could change a tag and automatically get access. So be careful about those tags and protect them. And we're going to show you how to do that today. So three parts for tag-based access control. One is you need to say, OK, users, you can create tags, or better, you must tag this resource with this tag um, when you are creating resources. For this, you're going to use the request tag, okay? the request tag condition key. This is different than the resource tag. So next, you want to say, hey, control which existing resources and values developers can tag with. So they can modify tags. And in this example, we'll say, OK, for all the instances, you can change the name, uh, name tag. You can call it name equals great, name equals funny, whatever. But the project tag must always be dorky. And oh, wait, you can only change the name values on anything that's already tagged project dorky. And when you create something new, this is the first point, you must tag it with project equals dorky. And then finally, OK, now you've launched everything, you've created everything, and it already has tags. All right, now you can manage those resources. You can stop and start those instances with that tag. So I'm going to say this again. Request tag is always the tag you are requesting. It is the new tag. Resource tag is the tag that exists on the resource. It is the existing tag. So if you're running into some policy foo with tag-based access control, ask yourself the question, do I have the right condition? This is what the policy looks like. So first, I have the run instances, which we've already talked about. The only thing I removed here is the instance resource. Why? Because I'm going to control how people um, label the instance resource using tags. And then I say, OK, Casey, you can create tags. You can create them on anything, because you're creating new resources, but only when you call run instances. So this is the first permission. This is going to allow Casey to create new resources with tags. All right, But when you call run instances, and you're launching an instance type, which is that resource right there, you must, um, so the part that says you must tag with a project tag, that's that string equals request tag, project equals dorky. And then it also must be in the same region. Now, I'm going to let you pass in other tag keys and values. But for all the tag keys that you pass in, it must be project or name. You don't get to tag with anything else. If you pass in description, doesn't work. If you pass in Bridget is awesome, doesn't work. right? And so that's that condition that says for all values. For all the tags that I pass in, when I call run instances, they must all be in that list. If they're not in that list, I will get denied access. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. OK? So the next one is saying, you've launched your instances. They have appropriate tags on them. But I want you, you can change the name tag. Like, I want you to be able to modify some of the tags. You, can't, you just can't modify the project tag. So here we go. You're allowed to create tags, but you can only do it on resources that are already tagged. That's that resource tag, so that's already tagged. Project equals dorky. And oh, wait, for all the tag keys that you pass in, they must be in this list. So you can only pass in project or name. And if you pass in project, it must also be dorky. Okay. 
And the reason I did this was sometimes you might want to manage multiple projects, so maybe it's a list. It's dorky and sneaky and funny or whatever you want. Um, but this basically says, hey, Casey, you can tag any, any one of your project resources with the name tag, and I don't care what you do with it. And then finally, we have the last one where you say, all right, I want you to start and stop instances, but you can only start and stop your own instances. Right? You can't go turn off um, people on the Sneakies team instance. And so that's where we use the resource tag. Why? Because the resource tag is the existing tag on the resource. So you have a bunch of instances. They're tagged appropriately. And then you can create these general rules based off of it. So this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to launch instances for project equals dorky. I'm going to try to launch an instance with project equals sneaky because you know, I want to launch a bunch of instances and put it in their cost center. I'm going to modify tags on existing instances, play around with that a little bit for you, and then I'm going to manage existing instances, start and stop mainly. Are you all ready? And if you want to call out a command, we probably have time to go through that. All right. So I'm going to go into challenge number four. You all can probably see that I have challenge number five. And I do want to show you the challenge number five that I have. Oop, not five, four, we're on four. Okay. So the only thing that I have different is I have the Dorky Unicorn project. This is the same policy that I just showed you, okay? I have all the EC2 in the region. I have, okay, you must have all these tag keys. I have, you can create tags during run instances and you can create your own tags for existing resources. And then the only other thing I passed in was this general read-only access, just so I can navigate around the EC2 console a little bit. All right. So I am Casey. I don't no longer have access to IAM. Oops, I'm gonna go to the right region here. Couldn't have gone to London, wouldn't have worked. I picked the wrong one. Y'all need to correct me on this stuff. You're not awake. Oregon. Okay. So I have an existing resource, and it's project equals dorky. I'll move this up a little bit for you. And I'm going to try to launch more like this. Will it work? Yeah. All right. We'll just show the, the good case. All right. That worked. Great. View instances. Now I have project equals sneaky. I'm going to try to launch more like this. Will it work? Doesn't work. Fail. If you actually decode that, it would tell you why. All right? <laughs> so I'm going to say, hey, I, okay, I'm in the dorky project. Will it work? Okay, let's try it. I think you're wrong, because I am awesome. Nope, fail again. What do I need to do? Do you want me to change it to name? Oops, tried to type that. Yeah, that's good. I like that you called that out. Will it work? Oop. There you go. Pretty cool. 
All right, what else do you want me to do? I'll try to stop this other instance here. I'm gonna try to stop it. Yeah, no? Doesn't work. All right, I'm gonna try to give it a name tag. Also doesn't work. This is the, I get into like this ether of error message. Um, so you can play around with it, but essentially it's gonna make you launch things with the right tag. It's gonna only let you change the name on your own resources, and then um, it's only gonna let you manage your own stuff. Pretty cool, right? It gets cooler. So, challenge number five. What happened? Oh. I don't know. Uh-oh. We're having some technical difficulties. Let's try to escape. Oh, resume slideshow. Um. Oh, there we go. Okay, bonus challenge. So who knew that you can now tag IM users in roles? A few people raised their hand. Okay. Oh, and I think my manager's in the back who just waved. Um, <laughs> all right. So yes, you can now tag IM users in roles. This is cool. You can tag your users dorky um, if you want. You can tag your roles cool if you want. You can also say, hey, you can only do stuff to users in roles tagged with this tag. Great. But what's even more cool is you can use that tag as a variable on the right-hand side of your policy. So you can now say, hey, Casey, you must tag resources with your project tag. So what does that mean? You can create one general policy and just do tag matching. You don't have to have a separate policy for dorky. You don't have to have a separate policy for sneaky. You can do whatever you want. And that thing in yellow is gold. Literally, gold, no, just kidding. Um, it, it helps you um, use that tag value in a lot of different places. So I just talked to a customer today, and they're using it in S3 as a, in their S3 prefix, right? So they've named things, and then they're putting the tag on a role, and they can put that in the policy to grant access, very granular access in S3. So I'm gonna show you what this looks like. And all I did was find replace. So the same policy, and I just changed dorky to your project tag. So now we have the same thing. We have, hey, you can launch instances, you pass in project or name, but I require you to pass in your project tag. Same here. You can create tags, but you can only create tags on existing resources that have your project tag, and oh wait, if um, you pass in a project tag, it must also be your project tag. And then finally, you can only manage instances with your project tag. I am excited to see what you all do with this, but for right now, I am gonna show you it live, and we will see what it looks like. Oh, that's my next slide. Oops, I just dropped that. Okay, so I'm gonna go over into challenge number five. And I'm gonna show you it here, because y'all wanna see my roles. 
And I want to call out something. I just called this policy that I created, it's the same permissions, roll tag project access. And I did that on purpose because it really is just a very general policy, which I called out. I don't have any dorky in here. I don't have any, let's see, go down here. Here's it. I don't have any sneaky in here. But what I do have is this tag. And I have project equals sneaky. And I'm actually going to change it to dorky um, just because that's, and then we'll go back to sneaky. I guess I didn't change for my last demo. All right. So now I'm Casey. And I'm going to try to launch more like this. Will it work? Yes. Should work. There you go. Now I'm going to try to do some sneaky work. Let's see. We launched a lot of dorky instances in the last minute. All right. Launch more like this. What's our answer? All right. So I am not going to change the tag here. Where am I going to change it? I'm actually going to change it over here. Oops. So this is the tag on the roll. And I just turned Casey from dorky to sneaky, just like that, one tag value. And now I'm going to go back to, I'm going to show you the tag just so we all level set here. Project equals sneaky. What's our answer? Happiness. So cool, right? So what this allows you to do is it allows you to create general policies based on tag value and then just have a bunch of roles that you tag and then you're just matching. That's all you're doing. We talked about it earlier. You're just matching. It's pretty amazing. Um, I'm really excited to see what you all do with this. So if you do something cool with putting the project tag in a policy in a condition, whether it's an S3 prefix or matching another tag, please share it with the world. Put it on Twitter. I look there. The forums is a great place. I'll be really excited to see that. Thank you all for coming. Um, these are the things I didn't get to that I would love to have get to if I had another few minutes. So principal org ID is a condition. You can use it in a resource-based policy, such as a bucket policy. You can say, hey, deny everyone unless they're from my, a principal in my organization. Pretty cool. Um, but if you don't do that, one thing you should do is turn on the new bucket control features for lockdown in S3, prevents your public bucket access. And then second, service-specific permission documentation. Who's used the policy editor? Right, OK. So you'll see a bunch of selection of actions and resources and what conditions. That same information is available to you in our documentation. It's really easy to navigate and explore. So please hit up the actions, resources, and condition keys for AWS services. It's, um, it's my go-to when I'm trying to figure out what permissions I have available to me. Thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate you all staying all the way, almost till 8 o'clock. I hope you enjoy your evening. Go get yourself a beer or a glass of wine. And thank you for learning about policies. And please don't forget to fill out your evaluations. <laughs>